2: and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. One reason why perhaps we set goals is for hope, which is what we're going to be talking about today. It's been, shall I speak in understatements, <laughs> a really bizarre almost two years. And I think one of the things that gets us through is A, light at the end of the tunnel, B, knowing there are better times ahead and see a hope. And I brought together three of the most um hope people, hopeful ha, people <laughs> I know to have a conversation on a topic that's always important, but feels especially important because we're we're trying, right? We're trying to get back to normal. And every time it's three steps forward, four steps back, or whatever that analogy is. So I have, like I said, wonderful Hope Smiths with me today. And I'm absolutely thrilled. So we have Tisha Janigan. Did I do it right?
1: and That's okay. It's, no, it's a tough <gasps> name, But
2: I got the first name right. So you know, Tisha, we have who is the founder of She Is Hope LA. And she has her own story of survival and hope which causes her to give back to others, as does Jenny Mulks, who is the founder of Along Comes Hope. And then Alan, I think we need to change her name to Hope. So, you know, but really, Alan Klein, longtime friend, I was saying before that I interviewed him years ago when I was doing interviews on Write On Online, and then we both became Mango Authors. Okay, so he was Mango Author, and then I became one. So now we're like, Mango cousins, or whatever they call us. So right, I am absolutely right. thrilled because Ellen is also the ambassador of light, bringing that airy, lifting toward life. So there you go. So what I, so what I'd like to start out with is. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves because other than saying that you are incredibly awesome, I think we should probably uh, let you get a little bit more detailed. So, Alan, as the only person on the call not named Hope or doesn't have Hope in the title, but is all about Hope, will you please introduce yourself?
3: Sure. So, I, as you said, Ambassador of Light, I'm also the world's only Jollytologist and I made that up, and it's copyrighted, um, so you can't use it. Sorry, I got there first. <laughs> but, yeah, I have written over 30 books, including my best-selling book, The Healing Power of Humor, which, um, you know, I want to talk about hope and humor because I think they go um, together, two H words and I've written several other books. Embracing Life After Loss is one. The Off Act is another. And I think they all have some inkling of hope in them. So hopefully, um, I will bring that up. And um, I'm hoping to bring a little humor, a little laughter, into this session. Whenever it gets a little too heavy, I might put this on, and so at least we'll smile. <laughs> while this is on.
2: Well, I have yet to be accused of having a heavy conversation. And we did one on resilience a few months ago and uh, with our mutual friend, Howard Brown, who I met Jenny through, who Tisha also knows because the world is that teeny tiny. And mm-hmm. if we can talk about resilience with a light air we can talk about hope. So I have a very hopeful. It's going to be an amazing conversation. Jenny, uh, welcome <laughs> and great to meet you. Thank you for joining us. And please share who you are and why you are here.
0: Yes, Deborah, and thank you so much for having me as well. I'm honored to be here with you all. Um, I am the founder of Along Comes Hope, which is a nonprofit that helps children with cancer. I, I, I basically fell into the arms of hope after my own personal journey with cancer and being given six to 12 months to live. I was a corporate woman, um, regional manager in pharmaceuticals. And after I healed with a miraculous recovery, God put it on my heart that I was supposed to be helping children with cancer. So I literally jumped off the corporate cliff and started a nonprofit and haven't looked back since. that's been since uh, 2013. I also coach cancer patients and caregivers because you're each on different islands, and it's really important to meld that communication of where each person is coming from and improve their communication, which improves their communication with their team. Uh, and I do that with adult cancer patients and caregivers. I, I don't coach the children, but it all plays into each other. And my mom was a two time survivor, so I was a caregiver for her too, and she's still doing awesome. So well, thank
2: you. I am so happy to hear that, and it's really and and we're going to hear from from Tisha in a minute. You've all been through trauma. This is even Alan. I know this, uh, but coming out not only coming out the other end, but also putting yourself in a position to help others is, I think, the way you pay back the miracle. Like, I guess you're not supposed to say that, but mm-hmm. it, when you are a product of a miracle. I think if you are compelled to and are able to help others, it's absolutely wonderful,
1: beautiful, and perfect. So, Tisha, welcome. Thank you, Deborah. This is great, yes, that's my philosophy completely. I am the single mom of two teenage boys, and they are doing fabulous, and they're my inspiration for everything. But I founded She is HOPE LA, which is an acronym for Single Moms Housing and Empowerment, Inspiring Self-Confidence Through Hope, Opportunity, Perseverance, and Education in Los Angeles in 2012. Um, I went through a divorce, and I had no money, no assets, and no credit. And I realized then that the system was broken. It perpetuates people to stay on it. And I knew when I would get back on my feet that I would start a nonprofit and bridge the gap that exists over this. It's just, it's been, a, it was a ridiculous journey. It was very difficult to start over. I was on food stamps and I couldn't find jobs, full-time jobs because I couldn't afford childcare. So then I looked up for part-time jobs and was told I was overqualified because I had a degree and one stick around. As soon as I got a job, food stamp benefits went down to nothing. So that's when I realized there was an error with the, all that's going on and I wanted to make some changes. And as I talk to more and more women, I see that this is a very common Situation. When you leave a marriage, a lot of these women have been caregivers for their children. They have no money, no assets, and no credit. So you're starting over with nothing. So I developed She is Hope LA to educate and empower single moms starting over in the workplace and provide affordable transitional housing and child care. We do this with a three-pronged approach of education with the She is series a few times a year on legal and financial advice, job training and preparation, mind-body wellness, and peer support. We also offer jobs through and jobs and job training through She Is Hope Realty and the She Is Hope LA Boutique, which we just opened last week. And uh, we're looking at housing now. So we're trying to get grants or be able to save enough money to buy a small multiplex or apartment building to give these women and children a year or two tenancy while they rebuild their credit and their self-esteem. It took me about a year or two to to get my credit to something decent. I have had non-existing credit when I left my, uh, you know, when we got divorced. So this is all based on what I went through in 2012. And it's giving back, it's giving people hope that women are very resilient. They can, you know, anyone can make their dreams come true if they're passionate about it. And I think going through such difficult times really ignited my flame and wanted me to be able to give back like this. And I see where I can make a difference and I'm just steamrolling ahead and I'm so thankful.
2: Wow. Well, (laughs) that is quite an intro. And I mean it as a a compliment because you have... A mission. I mean, we're talk about and anybody who knows me knows I am all about the mission. You know, to get what you want, you need to know what you want and what is the mission behind it. How do you help people? Do you entertain? Do you support? Do you inform? Do you educate? Or do you literally support other people? And no matter what it is, if you have something that drives you that's that strong, you're you're gonna be that more empowered to make it happen. And so your trauma was 2012, Jenny's was in 2013.
3: Alan? Well, my my story is that my wife died at the age of 34 and she had a great sense of humor. And um, after she died, I gave up the business I had and I just hung out. I didn't know what I was gonna do, but it was Norman Cousins' time and he was talking about how he healed himself with humor. And I thought my wife had a great sense of humor. Look how it's helped me and other people around us um, get through that loss, you know, help us grieve, help us move on with our life. And so I went back to school to learn about um, therapeutic humor (laughs) and how powerful that was. And then I started to speak about it. And people kept saying, you need a book. You need to write a book. You need to write a book, you know, and. So, I wrote The Healing Power of Humor. Now, we're talking about several years. Um, and that is now in a 40 plus printing and a ninth foreign language. So, it's helped many, many people. But, uh, Deborah, you really said something really vital. And I think all of us um, show that is that when we're in the divorce or the doctor's saying we have cancer, my wife, you know, saying she had a terminal illness, the doctor telling us, it's like, I know my first thought was, how am I going to get through this? You know, we had a 10-year-old child at the time, my daughter. I'm not going to get through this. You know, my life has stopped. My life is over. And then we find this passion that we've been through it, that we could help other people. And, And we move on, and we do help other people, and it helps us get through what we've been through. And because I know when I do keynote speeches, because I've been through something tragic and I've got through it, other people in the audience, you know, hope. <laughs> I guess it gives them hope that um, yes, if, if they see someone else get through this, um, they can get through it also.
2: It, it's, it's a great question. What is hope?
3: Alan? guess what well i looked what? it up in the I looked it up in the dictionary <laughs> and the dictionary says hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen and I realized when i read that hope is like a mini prayer that because in prayer you're like asking for something to happen and when you're when you have hope, as it says in the, in the uh, definition, you're kind of hoping something will happen. Um, so I think prayer and hope are very um, close together.
2: I, that's a, thank you for looking that up. That's a, that's <laughs> a really good point. But in, in my take on hope is that it's knowing that there are possibilities out there. So paraphrasing the dictionary, for sure. But when I was leading my original goal groups, it was all about this community coming together, watching what other people were accomplishing and feeling if they could do it, I can too. And whatever level your life is on, you need that.
1: I look at hope, a couple of things, actually. Alan. I love your philosophy about laughter. I think that's so important. And it's, it's funny because last year through COVID, our fundraiser was called a Fun drazer we had comedians and musicians but we're we're doing it again this year this friday is our next our third annual fundraiser and we're featuring comedians because i think laughter is the best medicine and it gets us through the toughest times and it always has for me so i love that you're doing that thank you but as far as hope for me i think it's 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 a vision like people are like, what, you know, how do you keep going? And I'm like, I have a vision. I know exactly where I'm going. I know where I want to be. And that's my hope. And that's what I'm going for. And I'm just steamrolling ahead. And I love being able to give back and connect people and uplift people because I just think it's, it's a wonderful thing.
2: And Jenny, what's your take on hope?
1: I
0: have a lot of different philosophies on hope. And especially with the people that I work with, um, they're in different phases of hope. Um, I look at hope like love. So I also divorced and single mom of a boy. And when you're newly in love, love has a whole different definition than when you're going through a divorce, right? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> There's all kinds of different feelings that you have with love and that definition. And much like hope, um, you may be in a very dire situation, you know, at the beginning of a diagnosis, and then you get a test result that's just an answer to prayer and you're absolutely elated. And for hope, it's it's water to the soul um, that it allows you to take that next breath and that momentum forward to know that you can make it through whatever that next moment is. Mm-hmm. I love um, that. And that's why I always wear my shirt. Show me your I hope. That. <laughs>
3: yeah, show me hope. Great.
0: That's our, one of our hashtags for along comes hope. But it's, it's so important to share
2: hope because it empowers people. To you know that, there's something next, right?
3: Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and the fact is, though, we don't know what what's next. So we have with hope. There's also trust. I think that we have to trust. We're here. You know, we're going through this difficult time. It doesn't mean it's going to be here forever, and that there's hope that that will change. And and we'll be down the road somewhere. We look back and we go, well, I got through that, or that wasn't so bad. Um, yeah. So I think we have to realize when we're in that stuck place or that difficult place, is um, to to really call on hope and and trust that things will change and believe. Um, I
1: think I'd add that word, believe. That.
3: Yeah, believe too. Yeah.
0: Well, and hearing stories like all of ours that so many people are very private about their journeys and the the challenges that they face. But my feeling is that it's really important to share so that other people know, like you had said earlier, Alan, that you can make it, you can overcome it. And as well as for yourself, when you face a hurdle and a, a huge challenge to look back and think of the things that you have overcome with grace and hope and faith and belief.
1: Jenny that is so true. I always tell the women that I work with share your story. You're right. Everyone's so private and if I didn't share my story when I was going through it, when I first moved to back to LA in 2012, I shared it with all the parents at the school because I was volunteering at the school a lot since no one was hiring me. I shared my story. They gave me a hand up instead of a handout. I started getting, you know, babysitting jobs, pet sitting jobs, learned about focus groups. Those things along with the other things that I was doing helped me survive, but it also helped me understand how else I can give back after going through this experience, but you've got to share your story. Otherwise people don't know how to help you.
2: Exactly. And and so your fan club, Howard Brown is tuning (laughs) in and, and he posed this question to Jenny, but I'd like to you all to give your take on it. Um, Can anyone become a hope maker is the question. And I say, yes, I say, yes, I I, (laughs) let, let, let's go down that path a little bit. Jenny, what do you, um, yes. And how do they do that?
0: Well, I like Alan made up a word called a hope maker. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) That's where it's coming from. It
0: is Exactly. And it's actually coming out of the, uh, the antithesis, which is a hope taker. And that was the beginning of my journey at diagnosis. And I was realizing the power that we give people when we allow them to steal our hope and how that affects us energetically, physically, mentally, spiritually, every aspect. It literally started to cause me to die. So I realized what the hope makers were and the energy that they exuded and the love and compassion and care and listening. And that didn't mean telling me I was gonna survive. That just meant being an inspiring and in um, and supportive human being and recognizing who you're around, that if they're sucking the energy and the life out of you, it's probably not a great person to spend a lot of time with. Sometimes we can't avoid it, but we can also shift the way that we connect with them and the, the amount of energy we allow them to, to take from us. But yes, I believe awareness is the first step in becoming a hope maker Absolutely. And Howard, you are a, the epitome of a hope maker.
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: Yeah, I, I, in the show notes, which will be, uh, the recap will be at the slash blog. I will put a link to the interview I did with, with Howard Brown and Minnie Corcoran about resilience, because they definitely go hand in hand in this conversation. I love this. We, we make the most... And we move forward and stay away from the toxics. What else, Alan, can people do to be? I know we're, we're using. Um, oh, we should ask Tisha, did you make up a word yet?
3: <laughs>
1: uh, no, not yet, but I'll work on that. <laughs> I think, well, hope is the word that I, you know, when you were saying hope, and I'm like, you know, that's my favorite subject because that's what it's all about, you know? So, no, I just, that's my okay. That,
2: that will be your goal to make up a little word because because you know I have Goldtopia and we have a hope maker and jollyologist.
3: Jolly Jollyologist.
1: Jolly Tologist. So, right. So I'm a no I'll just do Hope Tastic. All right. We'll do that. <laughs> okay. Hopeastic. I mean,
3: speaking word. about speaking about makeup words. A couple of years ago I was driving along my car and I hear my daughter's friend's name that she um, made up the word of the year. It was honored <laughs> by Webster's Dictionary, and it was locavore. If you look it up, it's still in the dictionary, locavore. It means eating um, produce that's produced locally. Eating, cool. eating products, lo- lo- uh, locavore. That's so true. we never know when we make up a word, you know, what's right. going to happen. <laughs>
2: I think when we make up words, we want them to catch on, but then we're surprised when they do
3: that.
2: That's But good point. And then we're going to go back to, to your takes on that. It's a good point. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It could be something minor. You don't need to have major trauma to need hope. I think if the last year and a half or so has taught us anything, um, Stress is stress. You own it. Don't feel bad because your level of trauma is lower than everybody else. You know, it, it's important to you. So I was digressing. Alan, what can people do more of to spread hope amongst well,
3: yeah, their lives,
2: me, their people?
3: Um, You know, we were talking about like, finding hope in others to inspire us. I'd like to just say that um, one of the ways I think, and and what I did myself after my wife died, and I didn't call it hope then, but uh, it helped me get through the day was to focus on what I still had in my life, rather than what I lost in my life. And so I start doing a list. It basically was a gratitude list, but it was all the things that I was still had that I was thankful for. So I still had my daughter after my wife died. I still had my job. I still had a house to live in. I still had friends. I still had food on the table. You know, I still had my dog. I still, you know, lived in a city I wanted to live in. I just, so that I think actually gave me hope to continue that not always lost, it seemed like all was lost, but actually um, that wasn't the case. So I think we can find our own hope. Yes, be inspired by others, but also look for it within ourselves.
1: Yeah, I love that. Gratitude is like one of my favorite things because I'm still on my journey. I founded the 501c3 and I passed my real estate broker's exam in the summer of 2019. Then the COVID hit. So everything kind of was on hold, but we kept going. We're still moving forward, but I am so grateful. You know, I wouldn't change anything. I I learned, I've grown. I'm thankful for everything and I'm still on my journey. But if I can give back now, I am. And that's what we're doing. I just, you know, we're just. Our motto is a new direction, a new hope, and a new purpose for these single moms and their kids. Just never mm-hmm. give up. Think about everything that you've been through, but also think about how it makes you stronger and it helps you understand where you've been and how far you've grown. That's my mentality about it. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> now, this is a hopeful conversation, but mm-hmm. have you uh, well, we heard a little of this from Alan. Have you been at the point where you're like, oh my goodness, I can't do it anymore? What took you, what got you? Out of that mindset, Jenny.
0: Um, yes, a few times, um, and it's been from overwhelming loss. Uh, when we lose children, it's just heartbreaking and heart wrenching. Um, I get very close to these families, and my son, um, my son is nineteen now. When I was diagnosed, he was four, and you know, to to know what it would have been like for him to grow up without a mom is one thing. And, but then to see him getting to see him grow and then knowing what these families have had had taken from them, it's just a pain that I I can't even fathom. So um, I I personalize a lot of it. So when we've had several children die back to back that you were hopeful for, for their survival and hopeful for their families, those have been some of the times where I'm just like, I go, I'm I'm numb because I'm so grief stricken with it. Um, But then God plants the message in me that we've got to do this together and that, that dying is a part of living and we can do it with grace and with love and compassion and hope. And that without our services of along comes hope, a lot of these families wouldn't get to afford you know, to travel to the places that they need to for survivability. So that's, oh, it's taking me out of the equation and saying that our mission is greater than me and dry your tears if you're big boy pants and you've got to get back out there and help more people, it just reemphasizes the need of this mission. When we lose children. That I'm was really, a little bit, sorry. No,
1: no, that was beautiful. And it's so true. And a lot of people are like, you know, they ask me how, how I've been through things. And when I talked to single moms, I'm like, what would you do? You know, your kids are your inspiration. That is for me. It, I looked at my children's faces. I'm like, I brought them into this world. I need to provide, I need to show them, if you work hard, you can make your dreams come true. And we're going to get through this together. So uh, a couple of years ago, my younger said, hey, mom, not everybody gets to make their dreams come true. And you're doing it. And I'm like, that's right. And we're doing it together.
0: (laughs) Good awareness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm, um, I'm not religious, but I think I'm spiritual. And one of the ways I get through stuff is um, like, I think it's It's coming through me. Whatever the positive thing needs to come is coming through me to other people. So um, when I was a professional speaker for many years, 20 years, and the plane was, you know, delayed or canceled, and I have a speech at 9 o'clock the next morning, 500 people waiting for me to speak, and I can't get there, you know, Mm -hmm. I would just give it up. Okay, you chose me to do this work. (laughs) Um, Get me there. And I have never missed a speech in over 20 years. Um, Now, sometimes it was like, okay, the the little puddle jumper was canceled. Lightning thunder. It's um, 10 o'clock at night. There's no more flights that night. I'm speaking in the morning. I rented a car and I drove like till two in the morning to get there. Um, So, you know, I had to take action But um, I always think, you know, um, there's this light around me because that's what the world needs now. And I've been chosen to do this. And why I've been chosen, I have no idea. I almost failed speech in college. I got a D in speaking. I hated to get up in front of a group. How could I possibly doing this? And yet I have this feeling, you know, no, you're the one. You have this experience with your wife. You need to share that. You discover the humor in that situation. And you, people need to hear this. Mm-hmm. And so I always trust in some higher power to um, propel me to, to whatever's needed. That's that's what will happen. And um, it, it will. I, there's not much I can do about it. And so... I just trust that I will do the work, but someone else has to help me with it.
1: And you're driven, you know, that's, I think we're all driven, you know, wanting to give back and follow our missions. And, you know, that's the energy, the vibration, you know, higher power. I'm hearing that from everybody that I talk to.
2: And we have the T Mm -hmm. word again, the trust. So let's just side bar for a second. So you've all been called to do certain things and you've stepped up. What advice do you have for people who've been through some form of loss or trauma or challenging times who feel they need to tell their story or to help, but they can't? Do you have some words of wisdom and or encouragement for, for what is that first step? Jenny,
0: I'm happy to share for, uh, I would think for most people it would be going amongst the people that you have the common experience with. Um, the and, and then it expands your audience from there because authenticity and vulnerability, um, we all have that in common. If you can share your true self and your vulnerable self and the, and the situation you went through allows people to bond with you. But you know, for, Tisha um, for you helping women that are divorced, like you went through a severe hardship and Alan losing your wife. So you would be helping anybody that's widowed. And for me, it would be, you know, helping cancer patients and caregivers. And then from there, like I speak to all different audiences too, because when you're talking about the inspiration of hope and not that resounds with everybody. So I think for, to gain comfort the first step would be to go to your patient population.
2: Great. I like that. Alan, do you have a tip as well?
3: Yeah, mine would be, I agree with uh, Jenny. I think that is, uh, yeah, because when I wanted to share my message, I joined the National Speakers Association and they showed me how to get out there and do it. And so that, and, you know, see the biggies and. The, in the field and what they're doing and how they're putting, crafting their speech. So that was a big help. But for me personally, one of the things I've done and still do, when I don't know a direction, I do two things. One is I ask my wife, just ask what, you know, like what would Ellen do? What would she do in this situation? And often I get an answer. Some of you may think this is California woo-woo, but no. <laughs> it's worked for me. Um, and then I just sit quietly and I ask myself, what, you know, okay, I'm not getting in that. What should I be doing now? You know, what? what is it? What, whatever the question I have. Um, before I wrote my Healing Power of Humor book, I sat quietly and I kept asking, should I write this because I had several editors? I had to rewrite. It was it was a tough process. And um it just I just kept getting, you need to keep writing this book. Um, just keep writing. You will never know how many people you will help. And so, you know, just asking myself the question, I always get the answer. I think, I think when we get that gut reaction. For every whatever question we're asking, I think that's that's the answer. So just ask yourself, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And and I most people I think would get a if they listen, you know, and sit quietly, they'll get they'll get an answer that resonates with them.
1: I agree. I call that like trusting your gut and listening to your instincts. And Alan, it's funny that you talk about being afraid to speak. I was terrified to speak. I forced myself to do speaking things through high school and college. I still was terrible. Just recently, like literally the last maybe couple months, I've started being able to speak Mm without notes <laughs> and speak from the heart. So this is a big deal for me and I get where you're coming from. And it's, it's funny. So as far as the yeah. topic goes, when I talk to moms, a lot of moms will call me, like they'll see our website and we're trying to grow everything. We're still a newer nonprofit organization, so We're trying to get the word out there to help more people, but as they call, you know, or they'll message me for the free eBooks that I've written and I'll, I'll start the conversation. I'll be like, Hey, why don't we get on a call? Let's talk. And I'll call them. And it's usually. a, a that, you know, uncomfortable silence. So then I start sharing my story and I say what I went through. And 99% of the time, it's something very similar to what they're going through. And they're just so thankful to have somebody that understands. And then they start to be able to talk and then I can see where I can come in and help them. So it's, it's lovely. And we can build a community that way.
2: So I'm seeing themes of mentorship and community. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I just want to add is uh, the power of journaling. So I am this huge fan of you can't figure things out in your head. Well, you could try, but you probably won't succeed. And when you're trying to solve a problem to just, uh, I call it directed journaling, but to ask yourself those questions, but write out the answers in a way that it's just flowing from your head so you can take a look and be objective at at your babblement or whatever we want to call it. I guess Jenny's like, I'm sorry. I was just waving to somebody that walked by. my. Window. Oh, I thought you were like, yes, uh. I agree. <laughs> that's okay too. Okay. So uh, it, it, it's, it's trying to solve the puzzle of what's next in your head. There's probably a small percentage of people who could do it, but to go to your mentors, go to people you trust, not a lot, to have these conversations, but also to just get it out of your head and onto the page, I think is, is super helpful. And if you're going through trauma, mm. nothing helps more than journaling. Mm. And I've caused the conversation to stop. <laughs>
1: that, you know, you know. journaling. I hear a lot of people that like to journal. I think that's a great way to get it off your chest. If you're afraid to share it first, I think it's good to just get it off. You know, get it out of you somehow. Mm. So I think that's a great idea. So I'll continue that conversation for you. <laughs> you're welcome. <Ugh>. It <laughs> empties
0: the stress too, where you take it from here. For me, here through the heart and out the hand, so mm-hmm. it empties the stress. It empties uh, some of the pain too, yeah. where you can release things that you're you're holding on to, and it's part of the processing it. Yes, and then you can and,
1: look back years later and see how far you've grown.
0: Yes. I was a nut then.
1: (laughs) I know. I say that to my friends that saw me when I was first going through the divorce in 2012. They're all friends. They're on my board now. And I'm like, you guys saw me through all of my worst ups and downs, but they saw where I've come and they know what I'm capable of. And I'm just so thankful for them because I was, I was, it was traumatic.
0: (laughs) The human spirit is so resilient, you know, back to your conversation of resilience, but that's what the importance of hanging on to hope is so crucial that we've got to remember that all our body wants to do is heal. All our heart wants to do is love and be happy. And to try to get it that, to that point of homeostasis um, is not as hard as we, when we put our human side into it, we make it harder.
3: I believe. <laughs> yeah. I, as an author, yeah, as an author, I believe, you know, words, I'm really uh, words is so powerful And even just today, there was somebody uh, whose mom died the other day, and she's preparing the funeral, and she said, I'm not going to get through this. I can't, you know, I don't know how to get through this. I'm not going to get through this. And I wrote back and said, you are strong. You will get through this. You are resilient. Um, But I think one of the things that might give people more hope is to find words that give them hope or affirmations that give them hope and keep them in front of them and read those. So you're not, it's so easy to like be drawn into the negative when, when things are not going well. So you have to kind of counteract that with more positive, uplifting, um, inspirational, things that do that and for everyone that's different but just a quote or something some words that you say every day or I always have a picture of my daughter in front of me when she was a teenager and she wanted a pie thrown in her face (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like I look at this you know and I just smile no matter what's happening so it's like a little uplifting thing that Gets me through those moments. And I think even the bigger moments, you can have people could have some photo of someone they admire or words that they really, um, that speak to them to bring them hope.
1: I love that. I think um, that's important. I hear affirmations a lot with the moms that I work with. Um, they just need little reminders. That's something that I do on all my social media when I, I have a lot going on right now. But normally, I'll put like uplifting posts and things to remind them. And I always joke about like the Wonder Woman bracelets. And hey, you've got this and you're stronger than you think. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that yeah, I do. Yeah. It, starts, it starts with self-talk for sure.
3: Yeah.
0: That's part of your mental wellness. Yep.
2: I have a client who when she was having a challenge last week and I messaged her and I'm like, what do I say? And she said, stop worrying so much. I said, what else do I say? <laughs> She's like, hmm, you've got this. Oh, so she wrote it on a sticky note and put it on her computer. So that way That's I'm always in her head.
1: That's <laughs> so cute. Yeah. You've got this, go for it. You know what I mean? I love all of that.
2: Well, you'll, you'll see when I end the show, I end with go on out there and go for it. Spoiler alert. If you haven't That's seen this before, because well, first of all, if you're tuning in, this topic really speaks to you and you are choosing yourself by learning things that you could do to move forward. So what I would love from each of you is, so we know some of Tisha, Tisha's favorite affirmations, but you could think of another one. Uh, Jenny, do you have a good affirmation that you you like?
0: Uh, well, our tagline for Along Comes Hope is just when you thought it was no longer possible, Along Comes Hope. And I feel oh, like nice. if, if you're seeking it, you mm-hmm. will find it. And if doors are shutting for you, that might be part of your journey for finding hope and opening that right door. So I believe it starts with belief, belief in yourself, belief in hope and belief that your journey will go the way it's supposed to go. But you do have to row that boat.
2: You do. And sometimes I, I think of, do you know the cartoon where the guy is digging underground and He's like a foot ahead, gives up, but you see that it's only a little bit longer to go and he would have struck water. Mm-hmm. That's whenever I think of the journey because patience is something that as an author you you learn to embrace. Um, I always see that it's such a powerful visual because you don't know how close you are And it goes back to trust, belief, faith, gratitude, all the other, all the words. But I I love that. Just when you thought uh, it was no longer possible, along comes hope. I think that really says it all. I'm a huge fan of the motto. And that's like the apex (laughs) of mottos to use as your compass. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Alan. Other than your daughter with the pie in the face, do you have an affirmation that you think is very powerful that you'd like to share?
3: My favorite, and anyone who wants this can use it. It's not copyrighted. (laughs) It's the world treats me as royalty wherever I go. The world treats me as royalty wherever I go. And when I say that, people kind of laugh at me, but it is so true. I mean, Last year or the year before I found a hundred dollar bill on the street. Wow. I'm always finding money nearly, you know, <laughs> several times a week. Um and and um you know, That's I believe amazing. In I need to I follow you around. I know where <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you going tomorrow? What, what's what's so funny? I had a cousin who who always used she she from the East coast and she would visit and we'd walk the dog together. And she'd say, Alan, look, you're always finding money. And I, you know, and so one day I'm walking the dog and I asked someone I was walking with to walk ahead or I'll walk ahead. You take the dog. So he was with her. Excuse me. I walked ahead and I dropped a dollar bill. And I wanted to see what she did when she approached the dollar bill. That's she true. walked right over it. She almost stepped on it, and then I went, Bernice, look, a dollar bill. And she went, Alan, you're always finding money. I never <laughs> find money. <laughs> so what is that? I don't know. It's like the you know maybe it's my affirmation. The world treats me as royalty. I don't know what it is, but. I think it's our consciousness, you know, that she didn't have that finding money consciousness, I guess. I don't know. Uh, So that's my affirmation.
2: I love that. I am going to uh, gold queen here. I've been called it by other people, so I'm allowed to crown myself. I, I love it. I've got all of my lists, and I do have my themes in there, and it's going to get added on there today. So thank you for that, Alan. Tisha, right. do you yeah. have an affirmation to add to this list?
1: No, it's just what I was saying. I always tell people to go for it, follow their dreams. You know, I always say the women are their wonder woman. they there it's inside them. You know, so just to believe in themselves. Believe in
2: yourself. I am, I'm, I'm letting you claim that one.
3: Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) You know, believe in yourself. You don't know how many people when I first wrote my book, oh, you can't write a book. You'll never get it published. You'll get it published. It won't sell any copies. Um, you're not going to get any advance for it. No one will buy it. It's That's like our hope takers. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I'm thinking. You know, that may be true for you. That's not my reality. You know, and so yeah, go for it. What you know, you 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 have your dream. It may not be the same as anyone else's, and theirs may be different, or maybe they don't even have one. But go for what you believe in. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like the um, the Henry Ford quote: "Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right." Right. And I think that embodies everything that we're talking about. You, in order to have hope, you have to believe that there's something better coming your way. You have to believe that you're not always going to be living in trauma or in drama or in hard times, whatever it is. So that. The get away from the hope takers. Love that. Um Surround yourself <laughs> with people who believe in you, and if you need a hand, find where the hands are and go towards them.
3: Here. Where is it? Here. Here. Where we're we're nice. Nice. Here the Guess hands? Here your eyes. That's one of my favorite things. Oh, you need a, a nice. hand.
2: <laughs> I also believe in
0: simple. <laughs> I believe we should surround (laughs) ourselves with symbols of hope too. So That means for you, if that's a water fountain or if Mm. it's flowers or candles or things that inspire hope um, you should surround yourself with them. This is one of Uh. our little surrounding yourself with hope. This is called hope, the bear and all of our kids with cancer get hope, the bear there's a little recording device right here that you can record a personal message. um, And it sits right on your bed to remind you when you make your bed every day, you hear that little message of what, whoever's voice in there to start your day with hope. Start your day making your bed with hope.
1: <laughs> That's so oh. sweet. Beautiful. Uh,
2: well, I was going to ask you, um, it's goal time for a goal to share with our audience. Is that your goal, Jenny? Or do you have another one? Because I didn't warn you. Oh, that's okay. Well, Hope the Bear,
0: that was kind of the, the, the beginning of Along Comes Hope. We launched with Hope the Bear. So, um, she is a a brand of us. Um, and then we have a large mascot that goes to the hospital and goes to events and, um, the kids and the the adults, everybody loves Hope the Bear. Um, but no, that's a long-term goal to, to have this be, everybody knows it when they see it. That's definitely a goal. But a um, shorter term goal here is I'm starting a virtual cancer support group, Everything Wellness, and it is uh, completely surrounded around all things wellness. We leave the medicine to the physicians um, and it's to coach cancer patients and adult. I'm, I'm sorry, and caregivers. And it's called Circle of Hope Cancer Support. And we are <laughs> hoping it's not a business plan um, that we will launch before Thanksgiving in the season of hope.
1: I love that. Mm.
0: Yes. And and my vision is to literally help thousands around the world, thousands and thousands, and then also have um, insurance companies add it as an ancillary benefit for their their employees. So that way I can scale what I'm doing and help more people because there's only me coaching people. So there's, you know, how many hours in a day? But on this platform, we can help people in the middle of the night when they wake up and they're terrified. Yes. That's my, uh, that's my goal there. Nice. Wonderful.
2: Okay, so we have your goal is starting this group, but what is a goal in, uh, and, and Jenny started it. So you both need personal goals as well as to share a goal to gift to those tuning in. What is one thing someone can do right now today to bring more hope into their lives?
0: Share their vulnerable and beautiful self. With someone that they care about that doesn't know everything they need to know.
1: I love that. Mm.
0: <clears throat> I love that too. You bring your relationship so much further, and you'll open both of your hearts.
1: It's beautiful. Yeah,
2: Keisha, you get to follow that. Sorry.
1: No, that's fine. I, my personal goal and uh, those who know me know that what the deal is. We're getting everything going. So we're getting our third step. We're trying to get the housing for single moms and children just at something. And we want to take this to every major city across the U.S. because I'm getting calls from moms across the board. So I send them our ebooks and our resource guide to use in their respective cities, but I know I can help more. And together we rise is one of my favorite sayings. And then a goal for me to give the audience and something that I've been touting throughout COVID and this pandemic is. What have you always wanted to do? This is the time to make your dreams come true. Start researching, start planning. I love, you know, getting people to think about becoming their own business, their entrepreneurship, how i send the business plan models, everything else that I learned at Babson College, which is where I met Howard Brown, <laughs> you know, things like that. I just love encouraging people, follow your dreams, follow your passions, just go for it. That's what I do.
2: So the goal from you is follow your passions. The goal for you is to spread your passion nationwide. Yeah. That's wonderful. And that's really why I wrote my book is to help people embrace change, whether by choice or circumstance, because you can't get what you want unless you know what you want. Right. So, and I've already talked about how much I love journaling. The dev method, which is goal setting simplified is just giving yourself permission to do that exploration, to figure out what you want what is that passion? And then make a plan to turn it into reality. So you inadvertently, or maybe it was vertently, is that a word? We made a new award up. But to really, encourage people, because it's really up to you, the life that you want, it's up to you where you, the way you uh, face the challenges that life's throwing at you. You have the power. You just need to know you have the power so you can do things different. Exactly. So, Um, Alan.
3: So my, um, I guess maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe advice for other people or maybe lost hope. And what I found is that people, when they reach out, when they volunteer, when they help other people, they don't realize it perhaps, but they're helping themselves, So one of the things I'd like to suggest is something I tried out a couple of years ago, and it was incredible. And that was every day of the year, I wrote an email or a letter or a note to somebody in my life, past or present, and told them how much they had meant in my life, how they enriched my life, basically. And so I would like to suggest that, and because what you get back, <laughs> just writing it was so amazing. And then what I got back was things like, and this sounds like it would only come from one or two people, but it came from many people. They said, how did you know I was really down that day and I really needed that note? Um, so... <laughs> It was incredible. Um, So I, I suggest people do that when perhaps they've lost their hope. Reach out or, to others.
2: Or do it before you lose the hope. And that way yeah. you've got like the stock of warm feelings <laughs> to counteract all of the the trauma that's headed your way. To store <laughs> right. up that hope. That's
1: right. Healing, and it also helps you appreciate things, I think, a little bit more as well.
3: Right. And and this goes along with it. Um, you know, we talked about gratitude and being thankful for what you have. But one of the things I've done is gratitude, be thankful for the things that I want to happen. So several years ago, I went to Europe and I wanted to be upgraded to business class. <laughs> and I put this big sign uh, months before the trip by my computer that said, Thank you, United Airlines, for upgrading me. And That's awesome. it's kind of a weird story, but it took three can't, uh, two canceled flights where I wasn't upgraded, but they were both canceled. The third flight, I was upgraded. So, you manifest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, manifest. But be grateful for stuff that you want to happen in the future. Um
2: and yeah. Do you have a goal, something you're working on that you want to share with the class?
3: I, I Nothing came up immediately, but uh, what I would like is because I'm getting up in years that I live long enough to keep sharing and keep having the health and energy to share um, what I've learned in my life with other people.
2: If that's not a good goal, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. We did have another question from our friend, Howard. Um, How do we make sharing hope a team sport? We need more kindness, understanding, and positivity in a noisy world. Mm. That's that's a good question. Anybody wanna, Jenny, respond? My,
0: My heart response immediately is to be vocal. To, to be focusing on the positive things that are out there, again, focusing back to gratitude again. There's a lot of, of dark things that are happening, but I believe that there is much more good in this world than there is bad. And if we focus on good, we cause other people to focus on good. And that comes from social media, that comes from conversations. It comes from walking in the room with projecting the right energy. So I think it starts there. So thanks for the question, Howard. Yeah. I love that.
2: Um Keisha, Alan, do you wanna add anything to that?
3: Oh yeah, Jenny, I think you're right is sharing with other people. When I wrote my first book, I didn't realize how many people would tell me your book has so influenced my life. And number of people got into the therapeutic humor field because of that book.
1: Oh, well, nice.
3: Yeah. So just keep uh-huh. sharing. Yep,
1: I know. That's what I was saying earlier. Share your story and, you know, share the positive things, share the sad things. But I look at it and I take all the good energy from all of it and I try to figure out how to way to make it better and just spread the love and just keep giving back. And I love connecting people and together we can just keep lifting each other up.
0: We are pack animals. We're not supposed to do this journey alone.
3: Right. (laughs)
2: Wow. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I, I want to share a bonus goal. So I've been thinking about my November theme. And my November theme is hope. Because, like I said, we're at the end of a long two years. And it's almost like we're in the home stretch. So I felt it's the perfect time to to really be grateful. Well, gratitude month, right? Um, And think about your future. And then last night, when I was doing my Gold Chat Twitter chat, I decided to to declare November is dance every day in November. So whether it's two minutes or five minutes, a song or an album, because I was thinking, what would happen if we danced a little bit every day? So I want to invite everybody to dance a little bit every day in November and see how that impacts your life. To bring put more of that positive energy out there. Jenny is my people. Alan is my people. I love it. Tisha's my people. You're all dancing along with me. I love it. Um, this has
1: been right.
2: Fair is dancing. Wow. Well, Music
1: is-, is healing and it brings people together. I totally believe Absolutely. that. I love it. <laughs> it does.
2: And the other thing, too, is when you're dancing, you can't be sad. Right. Or Matt. There's or no math. ad or anything. All, you could just be in that moment,
3: yeah. mm-hmm.
2: which will also help move people forward. So, Alan, where can people find you?
3: On the internet at klein, spelled the way it's down there, or Amazon, spelled the way it's down there for all of my books.
2: Excellent. And you you can go to the devmethod.com slash blog for the recap and all of the links. Jenny, where can people find you? You can find me
0: several places, but the uh, main two would be Jenny and alongcomeshope.com. comes hope.com. Um, you can also just Google my name and look up my Ted talk and you'll get a little more of my story.
3: Right. Great.
0: Fantastic. And Tisha,
2: where can people find you?
1: You can find me at uh, sheishopela.org or sheishoperealty.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and on the online.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much, Alan, Jenny, and Tisha, for bringing hope Mm -hmm. to the conversation. If you're listening, if you need some hope, borrow it from us. We've Mm -hmm. got your back. Um, and again, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Deborah Eckerling. You can find me at the Dev Method everywhere. Every Sunday night I lead the Gold Chat Twitter chat. Mondays I have wonderful conversations with brilliant people on Gold Chat Live. And Thursdays, uh, there are new episodes of the Dev Show. Um, thanks again to my wonderful experts and for you all for tuning in because you chose yourself. I have hope things will get better. Go on out there go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it.